About three-quarters of all Americans believe democracy in our own country is imperiled. This is true for Democrats. It's true for Republicans. Happy Election Day. There are lots of complicated reasons why people believe this. One is something that we know not to be true. People believe vote counting is flawed or corrupt, even though there's no evidence to back that up. In fact, before every election day, poll workers test and triple check and safeguard the voting machines to say, hey, here's the proof. The system works. That's today's story of the day. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day. Polls are open until 9 p.m. tonight. First up, the summer of 2023 will always be remembered as the smoky summer, when smoke from wildfires in Canada caused serious air quality problems. Nearly half of New York's counties lacked real-time data to measure exactly how bad the air was because they didn't have an air quality sensor that could detect fine particulate matter. A professor at Cornell University realized that this was a problem and has been working to fix it. Emmy Fireisel reports. Starting in early June, waves of wildfire smoke from Canada began descending on New York State. Many people experienced the dark skies, the smoky air. So this uh, level of impact that we had is unprecedented in living memory for New Yorkers. That's Alistair Hayden. He's a professor at Cornell University in the Department of Public and Ecosystem Health. And I study uh, wildfire smoke. He says the June smoke waves had big health impacts on people, from headaches to hospitalizations and even deaths. Throughout the month of June across New York State, uh, we estimate over about 100 people uh, died due to the wildfire smoke. To stay safe and to know when to stay inside or avoid strenuous activity, people turned to the EPA's Air Now website. It's a big map with air quality levels by location and different color alerts for the level of severity. Hayden used it too. And on that website, you can see where the air quality monitors are. And I noticed that most counties or many counties across New York State did not have an air quality monitor. 28 counties didn't have sensors, including many in the North Country, Clinton, Franklin, Jefferson, Fulton, Herkimer, Saratoga, and Washington counties. And so they were pulling data from, in some cases, several counties away. That's a problem, says Hayden, because that's inaccurate data. You don't know what's happening for you, actually. And this can be especially important with wildfire smoke in uh, communities that have lots of mountains and complex terrain because you can be very different levels of smoke from someone even a couple miles away. So Hayden and his colleagues worked with the state's Association for County Health Organizations and the Cornell Cooperative Extension to get sensors installed in those 28 counties. Data from the sensors will be used by state and federal agencies to issue alerts to the public, to help public health officials decide when to close schools or postpone sports games. It'll also help people most at risk, those with health issues and people who work outside or live in drafty houses, to make decisions during smoke events in the future. And unfortunately, uh, we expect that the future will be even smokier than it has been in the past. Um, this is just a, a sign of things to come. Hayden says by getting the sensors installed, communities will be more prepared for future smoke events. Amy Feireisel, North Country Public Radio. The only warming center in Watertown opened for the winter last week. As nighttime temperatures start to drop below freezing, it's one of the only places in Jefferson County where those without a place to stay can spend the night. 
Lucy Grindon reports. The warming center in Watertown has 20 cots placed together in a gym. Its first night of the season was last Wednesday, and demand was already higher than it was at this time last year. When we started last year, we started with only two people most nights for a couple of weeks, and last night we had four. That's Elizabeth Nickel. She's one of the two captains of the local Salvation Army, which runs the warming center in its building on State Street. The city doesn't have a permanent homeless shelter. Last winter, unhoused people were staying underneath Butler Pavilion until the city moved them into a temporary shelter in a former garage. But that shelter closed in January. Jefferson County has also considered setting up a pallet shelter, a collection of small temporary dwellings, which would offer more privacy. But that idea hasn't yet come to fruition. Right now, Nichols says the warming center is the only place in town where unhoused people can come to spend the night indoors. Clients are able to come in, get a good night's sleep, get a shower, do some laundry. We do have laundry facilities available. So we're able to, to provide all three of those things all in one. The warming center is only open nightly, from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. That's what makes it a warming center, as opposed to a shelter. And whereas shelters, by law, have to exclude people with violent criminal records, Nichols says warming centers can accept anyone, no questions asked. There's just not a lot of options in our community for places for people to go to stay the night. So being low barrier, as long as you're going to come in and sleep and not cause problems, you've got a place to go every night. You don't have to worry about what you've done or where you've been. Nichols says if families with kids come to the warming center, the county will put them up in a local motel. The warming center will remain open every night through the end of April. Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio. Voters across the North Country are off to the polls to do their Democratic duty and cast their ballots. Officials have been preparing for this day for months to make sure the elections are secure and that everything runs smoothly. Catherine Wheeler caught up with some election workers in St. Lawrence County as they prepared the county's voting machines. Debbie Paler isn't a stranger to preparing for an election. She worked for the St. Lawrence County Board of Elections for more than 20 years and even served as the county's Republican election commissioner. But Paler is still showing up. It's hard to give up. It's something that's sort of in your blood a little, and I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting the people and seeing the process. Paler is paired up with a newcomer. Karen Johnson-Weiner says she's worked as a poll worker on election day before, but getting behind the scenes is new. Debbie has been a great teacher, and I've learned a lot in the last couple of days. Paler and Johnson-Weiner are among the few county election workers who are prepping more than 70 voting machines for Election Day. They aren't paired up just because of their experience levels. Each group testing the machines is bipartisan, one Democrat and one Republican. There's nothing that says teamwork the way elections people work. I, I mean... You know, everybody's helping each other. The goal is to get a good election. The big black machines are about the size of a small table. A worker wheels over the next one for Paler and Johnson Weiner to test. The sign taped to the side says it's destined for the Norfolk 2 precinct. Okay, this is only a one district machine. They take the lid off and get to work. Paler unwraps the cords and plugs it in. Johnson Weiner pulls up the screen and side panels. Then Johnson Weiner tests the accessibility functions for the visually impaired. 
They run through a checklist and sign when they're finished. You have to um, check diagnostics to make sure that the different components of the voting machine are working. We've done that point, we've checked it off up to that point, and now we're going to put in some ballots to make sure it's counting correctly. Paler slides a door back, revealing where all of the completed ballots will pile up. Then she sticks her arm in and pulls out a compartment where the ballots with the write-in candidates are sorted so they can be counted individually. Everybody votes on a paper ballot. They go to the machine and serve the ballot, and the machine tallies the votes. At the end of the night, it'll give you a tape with the results. I'll show you the zero tape right now. A long receipt comes out of the machine when they're finished. It has the date, where the machine will be located, and when the polls close on election day, it'll have the results. Unit serial number is AAFEB. Paler and Johnson Weiner wrap up this machine. They put the screen down, rewrap the cords, and lock it up. They zip tie all of the doors and compartments so it can't be tampered with. It's wheeled back to storage for election day. Johnson Weiner says she's taken this behind the scenes work for granted as a voter and poll worker. I didn't know a lot about these machines. I didn't know how they got them ready. You know, as far as I was concerned, I show up at five in the morning and we unpack it and do sort of what we're doing now. But all the work that went on behind, I, I didn't know about, I didn't appreciate. Johnson Weiner says after learning more about the process, she's confident in the county's election security. She and Paler both say they wish more people would sign up to work the election and get involved in the democratic process. Catherine Wheeler, North Country Public Radio in Canton. Remember to get out and vote. The polls are open until 9 o'clock tonight. Go do it. It's fun. You get to meet your poll workers. Get out and vote. Music today by Christopher Watts of Canton and the Buskers Band of Alexandria Bay. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.